Hello there, welcome to another Rahalastaba this week with the amazing Steve McNeil. You can find him on Twitch doing great stuff. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash rkherring. If you're so minded, you can give us some money for the Twitch stream. Best of all, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can give us five pounds or five of your local currency every month at no cost to yourself. Uh, we get most of it. Uh, it's done okay so far, but if you're an Amazon Prime member and you want to give us some free money, uh, go to my YouTube channel, Herring1967. There's a video on there explaining how you do it. It's just got to link the accounts and then subscribe and remember to come back every month and do it again. And you'll be giving us free money right from Ian Amazon's stupid pockets. He He's an idiot. Why is he giving away all this free money? I don't care. Let's fund all of our podcasts via Ian Amazon's insane generosity. Um, and we'll hopefully be able to use it to film the live Rahalastapas. We will also be streaming those when they come back. And if you want to watch some Rahalastapas, we are doing them remotely. We did one with Adam Buxton a couple of weeks ago. Every Wednesday at 8pm, twitch.tv slash rkherring, you can watch me chatting live with some guest or other. I don't know who they're going to be. I haven't planned that far in advance. But every Wednesday, 8 o'clock, uh, and there's also 8 o'clock every morning. Uh, most mornings I do stone clearing out on the field. 7.30pm uh, most weekdays. I am, not Wednesdays, I am playing snooker against myself. And I've been playing football manager. I'm going to play a bit of Scrabble. And we're going to see what else we can come up with to entertain with you during these dark, dark days. Um, hope you're all okay. And uh, do stay inside. And look after yourselves, please. It's a very scary time, but uh, I think we can get through it with a little bit of luck. So let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Rahala Stepa with Steve McNeil. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. Welcome to the Northampton Deco. That light just flashing, I'm done. It's just Please welcome a man who has just found Jesus, so now it's his turn to hide. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much, Alan Northampton! How are your shoes? It's all going well, hooray! Welcome to Richard Herring's LST podcast. Uh, it's like LSD, but it's 16 times stronger. Because LSE, LSF, we've got up to. I'm waiting till LSV before I get into it. It's going to be the good stuff. Yeah, gets gets hard to do those. It's been a long tour. I was hanging around at Bletchley Park the other day, uh, and uh, the nerds who work there told me that the, what the Nazis called this is dependent on that stage settings on the Enigma machine. But, so what helped them crack the code was that they, they realised and they all called it Rahalastapa. Uh, they used it as the phrase every morning. That's the opening phrase. That's how they crack the code. Very specific Bletchley Park. <laughs> Princess Diana Mature went down back with last week's audience. That, so I'll, I'll, I'll remember that. You were much worse than last week's audience. <laughs> what have I got for you? Oh, I... I, I yeah, I'm annoyed. We had, uh, yeah, I don't know if any of you were here last week, we had Reverend Richard Coles on. And I didn't ask him a single emergency question. I did back in the backstage, but there's a few. But I had meant to ask him, have you ever seen a holy ghost? And I forgot to do that. <laughs> but um, just as we're recording this, uh, the, the Sean Williamson, Barry from EastEnders uh, podcast has just gone out, uh, in which I asked him, have you ever seen a ghost? 
Uh, and he replied that he had a ghost in his house and Derek Acora had been around and said she, said she was called Rosemary. Uh, and we recorded it so long ago. Today, that was on the front page of the Star- Daily Star, the headline, <laughs> Barry from EastEnders has a ghost in his house. That's the kind of thing you get on this podcast. I would, out of all the things that happened on this podcast, that was not the one I expected to get on the front page <laughs> of a newspaper. Uh, but there we go. Uh, anything else happened uh, in this week that I was going to talk about? Probably not. Um, I was, this morning, I was looking after my kids yesterday, and, um, you know, I, when you're self-employed and you um, have kids, and you look after kids as well in the day, you don't bother washing most of the time. And I hadn't had a bath for 48 hours. Okay, and I, I said to my wife, I'm going out, I'm going to take him to the soft play. She said, oh, you should have a shower before you go. I said, I'm just going to soft play, it'll be fine. Uh, and most parents, when you go out, are like me, just slovenly and disgusting, because that's the way... There was this very attractive, glamorous woman there, like, too glamorous to be a parent, but she had a little girl with her. Uh, she was all done up, and she was in the soft play, and I'd forgotten, in the soft play, of course, it's quite, you exert yourself quite a lot, and it's quite an enclosed area, and I started to realise I, sm- I smelt really badly. And I felt embarrassed because there was a nice lady there who'd done herself up. So that's what's happened to me this week. Yeah, I thought I'd get away with not so done man, and no one's going to care if I smell all the other parents. You look at them, we've given up. You give up, you think we're not a sexual being anymore. It doesn't matter. This woman was all pumped up. She had some work done, I think. It disgusts me when people are like that. Give me a parent and become disgusting. Just don't stay sexy, it's not on. I'm stinky. Anyway, hopefully my wife won't listen to this one. Oh, she definitely won't. She won't be interested in this guest. <laughs> Will you please welcome my guest this week? He is, she is not a nerd. He is best known for being the future face of Bovril. That is the first time we've had someone best known for something they haven't yet done. It's Steve McNeil, ladies and gentlemen. Steve McNeil. Welcome. It's, it is random. I got it off your books. That's right. I got it right. The future face of Bovril. Yeah, you've got it. Yeah, I. Um, I, did, I mean, I'm immediately going to alienate the entire. Is anybody familiar with Twitch as a thing? Like six people. So <laughs> I do a thing on, on Twitch. I, I stream games from my house basically. I, I sit in my house and I play video games, and they watch me on a webcam and give me money to do that, which um, has made that less clear to everybody. <laughs> that, is, that is a thing I do. But um, yes, I, 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 I always drank Bovril. Right. Was on the thing, so they started a campaign to harass Bovril to make me the face of Bovril. Yeah, and it could happen. Well, no one else is, so it's wide open, so potentially <laughs> they could, but yeah, as yet they've not bitten. No, okay. Well, good luck. I hope you will be the future face of Bovril. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be good. You'd probably get some free Bovril. I'd take the money. Yeah, free Bovril. Well, Bovril's not expensive, but the cash, I could tell you, that'd be, that'd be much more helpful. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, well, let's have a look. I've been, I've been listening to your audiobook today, which is all about the history of... The video game industry. Yes. It's really, I mean, it, that doesn't sound like it's going to be good, <laughs> does it? I mean, no. to, to, you know, to some people you think, oh, that's going to be all right, but it's really good. You're actually enjoying it? Or you just... I'm really good. Oh, okay. It's really oh, right, good. Okay. Genuinely really good. I was, I've, I'm, I'm not to the end yet, so I don't know what happened. Don't spoil the ending okay. for me. <laughs> don't let me know whether Miss Pac-Man dies. But... Uh, I mean, it's kind of incredible. You sort of make a living now from 
Video, just from from playing video games. Uh, re, re, yes, uh, well, yes, but I, in, in all sorts of ways. So Twitch, which six of you uh, engage with, and that's how I do that, but also lots of other things. So I, I, I like, I, I actually, you're sort of a little a, a role model for me when, when I started out doing yeah, it, in all you. seriousness, because um, I, uh, I I do lots of different things and I have a sort of, I have a small but, lo- not small, that, was, that wasn't meant as an insult, but I have, a small, <laughs> I have a small but loyal sort of fan base who enjoy the different things. So, I, so I've got live shows, which I do with Rob Sageby, who I know you know. I do know. Um, I've got the pod- I do a podcast, I've got the uh, Twitch stuff. Um, TV stuff as and when with, <laughs> with, with the rise and fall of the market. But um, yeah, sort of lots, lots of different little pockets of things that somehow yeah. become a job. But none of them individually are a job. I've managed to amass enough different things that it is sort of a job. Yeah, but like when that's the kind of thing, like when you're a kid sitting at home in the 1980s. All right, yeah. No, that's you would have said, I'd love to get a job. I, you know, my job that I would like to have done was watching telly and writing about it. Sure. That's what I thought would be a good job to get. Or just get free video. You know, the idea of getting free video games and playing them all day. Well, video see, I, game I still don't get them free. Like when we did Go 8-Bit, we, did, we had a TV show called Go 8-Bit where comedians play video games. For about two months while it was on, I got. But then I don't have the bottle to ask for free games. Right. So I'm, I still pay full price for all the games. I'm sure I could ask if I could work at Hoop. You I'm still... should get free ones. But you are playing video games and writing about the history. When you were writing about the history, it's yes. a very... I mean, I think for anyone that's probably of, of our age group, and I'm a little bit older than yeah. you... Um, it's very evocative because it takes you right through. I mean, I was there. I was there right through for not quite the beginning. I realised having listened listen to your book. Sure. But certainly Pong. Yep. And I mean, I, the first time I played Space Invaders, I remember clearly everything about you, that how, day. So when? What year were you born? Sixty-seven. Okay, so you did actually get like Pong and Space Invaders. Yes. Yeah, so my, da- my daughter, my sister, same thing. I was from Somerset. Um. My sister bought me a, like, a thing you could plug in the back of the TV to play yeah. Pong and I think a football game. There was a few different games on there. Yeah, they were all Pong, but they had a different yeah. number of paddles and yeah. balls. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, you've ruined the illusion for me. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, I was saying backstage, I remember just the, the smell, the evocative smell of when you plugged that in. Yeah, of, of what of no doubt was a potential fire hazard and did start many fires in houses because electrics yeah. were dodgy. But yeah, the sort of dust burning on the electrics. You would put that. them into the aerial socket of your TV, basically, yeah. and, then it would, and then it was ready to go. It was incredible. And I remember with Phil Fry, who knew about everything before I did, my friend Phil Fry. I th- you said Phil Fry, and I thought, I don't know who Phil Fry is, but it's just your mate. I'm yeah. Now... Okay. He's also a character in Futurama. Philip Fry is the, is the lead but... character in um, Futurama, but it's not the same guy. No. Um, <laughs> Because my friend is not a cartoon yet. Um, he took me down to the Cliff Hotel on Cheddar Gorge. Right. And he'd already been down there. And he, he knew all about Space Invaders. And I played Space Invaders badly. And he went, no, no, you've got to wait here. And you've got to take out the, the yeah, yeah. line. So I can remember just the amazing. And I was really into pinball, which your book talks about quite a lot, which I was quite... Uh, the history of pinball is quite... Is more interesting. Well, the, pin, the, pin, the pinball. I mean, I, I mean, this. I, I don't know. If just to gauge, if you care at all about video games, make some sort of noise now. Oh, okay. If they're all could, nerds. They're they're nerds. I suppose it's your. And lot, there's but... a couple of Christians in who got confused. Okay. So so get, that was in, that was enough for me to be happy. So I, I will now go down my nerd rabbit hole. But okay. the, the pinball thing is exciting because actually, pinball actually where it starts is the book does his bagatelle, yeah. which was when it was all wooden and mechanical. And you just pulled a little stick and then a b- balls just fell in holes and then it slowly evolved. But what was really exciting about pinball was that it was loads of different things. So it was the ele- uh, electricity allowing you to have actual magnets and turning things on and off, then having the rolling counters and the digital things and. Uh, yeah, actually, it, uh, the coin ops as well. So actually, yeah. vending machines, the precursor of vending machines, having coin ops and things. So pinball is just all of the new ways that you could make somebody who was in a place just put 
10 cents or a quarter or whatever in a thing and have fun. So pinball defines all of the ways you did that and then everything else comes from that. So without pinball, you don't have any of the other things. But no one cares about pinball, except you and me. I love pinball. I mean, I prefer pinball to vis uh, video games. I didn't know that early pinball machines didn't have flippers. That, that blew my mind. Yeah, no, well, neither did I. So, but yeah, for ages, <laughs> the ball just fell in the holes and that was it, you were yeah. done. But yeah, and then he went, oh, we should stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing Bagatelle. My, that was, again, that was the thing, like, in my, little, as a tiny child, all the old people had Bagatelle boards. Sure. Yeah, so it's the 1700s, so it goes yeah. all the way back to that, but yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I think that all that, it, it, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, development of video games because it sort of obviously started with these massive computers mm -hmm. that were too expensive for that anyone thought. They'd, the idea of everyone having a computer was insane. The idea of being able to play those games in your house. Yeah, no it, was, it, was only, it was only really educational establishments were the places where the things was, but for some reason they would let just kids who were studying. So it was um, at the Tech Model Railroad Club. So literally, the nerds who like to play with toy trains were just allowed to go into the computer lab and play on the $250,000 computer. And that's where we got Space War, which was the first game. But yeah. you wouldn't... Like, that computer would be worth about $200 million now. Yeah. You wouldn't just let the guys who like playing with toy trains into piss about with it when you were shut. No. But back then, they just... It was a free-for-all, and that's yeah. where... Yeah. Yeah, but you know, listening to that and the way... Because you would just think this would never evolve into it you know the people who, did, who thought who realized there was a potential of putting this in arcades or in people's homes were were pretty visionary or just crazy right because it because, was because there was no market for it yeah. so it's creating a market that didn't exist and thinking no. that yeah and those early games were were bad i mean you would i think that i was the thing i thought listen to the book like if you people talk about um it, it was it's sort of an example of evolution right yes indeed because people say with evolution how did the eye evolve? It wouldn't, it's so complicated, it would never evolve, so that proves evolution doesn't exist. But computer games are sort of the same as that, because the early ones are shit, yeah. and yet people still wanted to play them. Well, it, <laughs> and now it, the new ones are like an eye, and the early, <laughs> the early ones are like a little cell that detected light. Well, that was a bit with, um, like, um, the, I mean, the first, the first Space War, which was the first game, was very so People are more familiar with the game Asteroids, where you've got, like, rotating clockwise and anti-clockwise and thrust and shoot and hyperspace and all these things. But Space War had all that, but it came out in 1962, and no one had a clue what to do with it. So it took 19 years for them to then go back through Pong and Space Invaders and things, to then, when Asteroids finally turned up, people were ready to have enough buttons. Like you were saying, you only play Scrabble on your phone because you can't work out controllers. So it's that, yeah. let's say, you, know, you need to have gone through all the steps to be able to actually do... The modern thing. Yeah, well, I stopped playing video games, apart from, like, the odd computer game like Civilization, which I still play every now and again. Yeah. I sort of stopped playing video games in the 90s, so I can't... I don't understand how anything works now. No. Like Gauntlet, I was very much into. I was good. Okay. I Gauntlet. I don't know if you cover that in the book. I, 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 I genuinely had a rule with the book, just because I wanted to make sure the index looked cool, so I will have mentioned the game Gauntlet, even <laughs> if I just said the word Gauntlet. So it'll be in there just for completeness, but, yeah. That was a favourite of mine. But there's... there's, there's there's all of it, a lot quite, you know, they're, they're these guys taking chances, everyone copying ideas off mm -hmm. of each other, uh, and like a lot of sort of stoners and hippies kind of just chucking stuff yeah, around. Yeah, when, when Atari started out, their, their warehouse was, an, was um, a, a disused ice rink, and they just employed dealers, just because yeah. they could pay them in cash and let them do what. So then when they started nicking all the tellies, they then started employing actual people rather yeah. than the criminals. But yeah, the, the entire thing's a scam at the beginning. It's... Yeah. And I kind of like the genesis of uh, Pac-Man to Miss Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man. Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah. Yes, because, um, I mean, you could, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you things that are in my book and then you can decide if you like it, I guess. But yeah, yeah. in, the, in, uh, in uh, the Ms. Pac-Man thing is wonderful because um, uh, originally they were going to call her 
Miss, uh, it was, no, it was going to be Mrs. Pac-Man, but then they found out... No, what was it? It was Miss Pac-Man. Then they, they made a cut scene in the game where uh, Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man have a baby delivered by a stork. Because she was Miss Pac-Man, that meant the baby was born out of wedlock. So they, so they had to go back and call her Mrs. and then Ms. to stop people hassling them about the... Uh, <laughs> The sexual shenanigans of a yellow circle that didn't exist. <laughs> but, yeah, yes, yeah, so there's all those weird, quirky little things. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good. if you're if you're into video games, it's uh, it's a it's a really fascinating uh, examination. But, what, but let's talk about you, Steve. So <laughs> you started out. I mean, what, what were you doing before you were doing comedy at all? Were you were you? I was. I, I worked in fitness club franchising oh, in, in Milton Keynes for Where? 10 years at uh, Energy. You've got one in the high street that you're scared of. I went past it. There you go. Yeah. I I've never heard of that. them. No, no, I know. That's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in marketing there for a okay. bit. So. <laughs> you should work harder at that. I th- well, I, th- I think it's someone else's turn now. I nearly but... went in and said, come on in and, you know, you do it now or something. You know, it was one of those sort of things. And I thought, well, t- if I can escape from... The terrifying people of Northampton. Just to get me off this street, I will absolutely come. <laughs> and I'll run on a, a treadmill, so it might it might work out. And so you you start you start out in the double act. Was that your first? I was in double act oh, with Sam Pamphlon, who yeah. was the other team captain on Go Eight Bit. Um, we started out in two thousand and nine. Right. Uh, we started off writing sitcoms, so we did the sitcom trials. Did you, do you know the sitcom yeah. trials? So we did the sitcom trials, and we, uh, the first thing that we did actually won the sitcom trials. That that got us attention from the, uh, BBC and um, Ian Morris, who makes the Inbetweeners, yeah. sort of took us under his wing and helped us start writing. And then, yeah, the sketch comedy thing. In fact, the sketch comedy thing originally, what I, what I, Brendan Burns, I was in Brendan Burns' show in yeah, 2000. Yeah, so that was before, that was, that was before you were doing... I'd literally just come out of theatre school, so right. um, uh, Brendan Burns' show, which... Um, which one was the Perel? I think it was the year it was the If Dot Comedy. Yeah, but that I means thought, you've won an If Dot Comedy award, right? Oh, yep, and uh, yeah, that is the envy of no one because no one's ever heard of If Dot Comedy. <laughs> but well, Brendan won the show and I was in it. But I, I was up there doing, I was doing a musical about anti-terror legislation uh, okay. at the Pleasance, which actually got five stars in the Guardian, but it sounds shit as a thing. <laughs> but I was doing, uh, I was doing that musical, and then uh, there was an advert on Chortle on the uh, on the forums on there when they had forums that just said we're looking for. I think it was a white guy. Uh, a black guy and an Asian woman at the time to be in this controversial comedian show was 10 quid a night so I was just up in Edinburgh just doing a musical which didn't make any money so I, I just met up with I was the only person really me and Sajila who ended up being in it met up and said yeah I'll be in it for 10 quid and all I had to do was sit there for an hour and let him spit on me and then <laughs> yeah and then it won the award but I got a taste for comedy through that really I enjoyed doing comedy plays at theatre school and things but never got into it so in that in the, in the Brendan Burns thing you were, you were sort of disgruntled yeah, so the, uh, what, audience yeah, the, the, members who... the conceit of the show it, it goes viral every I mean, Years and then... that spoilers. Spoiler, yeah, yeah. If you haven't yet seen this, show. well, anybody who sees it now sees it out of context and thinks I'm just a dickhead at a gig because <laughs> when the YouTube clip goes viral, the two minutes, but the uh, throughout the show for an hour, um, he assumed uh, that me and Sajila were a, uh, a couple and then it transpired that we were brother and sister, and it, so it, it became a very awkward thing where he was dealing with an egginess with, um, with, with race within the room and sort of the, yeah. the daily more of that was us revealing we were complicit in it. But um, yeah, it, I mean, Sajila did a lot more than I did. I just had to sit there and beat an awkward white man, which, as you can tell, I'm... That's, yeah, that's very <laughs> Did much you ever get any hassle from the audience in that show, though? Did I got hit. I got hit loads. But only by middle-aged women. The only people that ever hit me were middle-aged women and they got very angry. Like a wrestler, you're like a wrestler. That's what happened to the rest. Big Daddy used to get... Right, great yeah. giant haystacks used to get hit by middle-aged Indeed. old ladies. Yeah, people next to me, I, either angry that I, yeah, usually angry that I wasn't sticking up for my sister, but yeah, it was, yeah. Right. No one else ever touched me, but middle-aged women hated me. <laughs> so after that, you were then in the double act? Yeah, so, uh, so, I, so I wanted to start, uh, 
doing uh, sketch comedy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, they let uh, us know when the shows are ended, but the, all the lights will be out. When, okay. they've, when they've decided... Turn off one every five yeah. minutes yeah. when it's pitch black, we stop. Um, yeah, so I just uh, reached out to people who, who knew it, and there was 15 of us in a sketch group, which was creatively called The Collective, and they slowly drifted away and became six. But six, like, the six was um, uh, Jess Robinson, uh, who's oh, yeah. brilliant musical impressionist, uh, Ollie Lansley, who writes Furlers on front of Cerebra, does all the cool installation plays. Um, Sam's now ex-wife, uh, I think that's yeah. No, everybody knows he's getting divorced. That's fine. I don't think I've outed them. Okay. When does this go out? <laughs> well, after that's all yeah. Let's out. wait. Yeah, after that's all. <laughs> uh, uh, and so and then Sam and me, but everybody drifted away. Those so. people exist in the the actual current time frame, though. The people out there in the audience. Okay. So they've heard the piece of information, but carry okay. on. Okay, well, I, I, I'm hoping they won't, because I'm okay. not sure I should have said that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so they all drifted away, and then it was just left with me and Sam. So it wasn't that we created a double act, it's that 13 other people fucked us off and just left the two of us <laughs> doing the thing. And so we became a double act by everybody else leaving. And did the go eight-bit thing uh, come out of, like, a, a, you, you just by chance doing it, you were going to do a double act We'd show? We'd given up. Edinburgh. We'd given up. So in two th- we did three shows, and the third was so 2010 to 2012, and the third one got long-listed for the Edinburgh Comedy Award which you're not allowed to, no one, you know, that never gets announced. So we got close, then we didn't get on the shortlist. We had a really miserable last couple of days in 2012. And then we'd had a sitcom pilot commissioned by the BBC. And so we got to April of 2013. And at the time we had, we had well, we had two things. We had a song about camels that was shit and a sketch that involved listing off-white shades of paint for about eight minutes, uh, which wasn't worth the walk. And so we decided <laughs> we weren't going to go to Edinburgh. We'd focus on this sitcom. Um, but we had this idea for the other thing where we just thought, well... It's not really worked, it's not going anywhere, but if we get pissed and get comedians drunk and get them to play Mario Kart and swear at each other, we could probably charge drunk Scottish people a few quid to watch that and we could all have fun. Yeah. It was never, it was literally designed as a, well, we've given up, we could at least go and have fun with the friends that we've made over the last few years before we call it a day. And yeah. then that immediately became far more successful than the work that we tried to write for the last yes. five years. <laughs> well, it's often the way, but it's a, it was a, it's a great idea and it's obviously led, I mean, it led pretty quickly to the TV show, right? There was... Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So the first shows were 2013, um, it was a friend of ours, Rohan, uh, picked it up for development within a couple of months after we'd done the first Edinburgh run and developed it. But then it was on, it got green at the end of 2015. So it was from a piss-up in a fringe venue to a TV commission was two years, which really isn't that long. And then we had to make the whole thing in three months, which is why it was sometimes shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they made changes, right? Obviously, the main change was Dara was brought in as the... So it became Dara O'Brien's Go 8-Bit. Yes, yeah, so it was McNeil and Pamphlon Go 8-Bit, and then it was Dara O'Brien's Go 8-Bit. Not, not Dara's choice, but the, what, the, the thing that always frustrated about that, we, like, we knew where we were on the pecking order. So yeah. it's fine that it put Dara's name at the start of the EPG, and then everybody will watch the programme because they see his name, and that's fine. But it doesn't make sense, because McNeil and Pamphlon Go 8-Bit was like go ape shit. It was yeah. just a shit pun. But Dara O'Brien's go ape shit doesn't mean anything. So it was fun. Even the shit pun didn't work in the title right. of the show. It's the first thing. But yeah, so yeah, Dara came on. Ellie uh, Gibson, who was a games journalist, but then in Scummy Mummies now, comedian, she yes. became the sort of expert. And so, uh, and then that meant that we, me and Sam didn't need to be there. But I think everybody felt too awkward to tell us to fuck off. So we sat on sofas next to famous people every week and waved at the camera at the start. <laughs> <laughs> but in the, in the, the, the uh, you do, you've got to uh, download DVD of, uh, of, the, of some of the book reading, right? So with uh, Go Faster Stripe? Oh, I've, 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 what I did, I, when I, I've, got, yeah, I've got a special, they've actually sent it out today, so it's just coming out. But um, essentially, I was contractually obliged to do a book tour when I did, when I, when I got commissioned to write the book. Yeah. But book tours are really boring, so I just came up with other things I could do that weren't reading the book. So the DVD is an hour of me avoiding doing the book reading, essentially. Okay. But, so, but you talk about the, you know, there's a bit where you compare the going to TV is to being like Wayne, in Wayne's world, where the, 
Wayne's World gets taken oh, right, over yes. by the TV company, and the guys have to go. Oh, okay, you know, it's all, it all it all gets. Yeah, by the time the, the, the sort of raw got... idea gets turned into something more commercial, and do, do, do yeah. you feel that was how it went when it went on to TV? It, it, it definitely it got sanitised, but then it, it was to their credit as well. It was it was very it was very lads. It was very because it was an all male cast when it was a live show, and it was very jackassy. So if we lost, we did forfeits like eat eat a bowl of jalapenos or give each other dead arms. It was very visceral and boisy. So if you're going to make a TV show and it's going to be light entertainment and family, you can't do those sorts of things. There, there were softenings. I think what was I mean, the guy, the, 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 one of the guys who was senior didn't uh, particularly like my brand of uh, c- comedy. Uh, so I think the, the, me and Sam really suffered in the edit for the thing. Yeah. But uh, to a large extent as well, if you've got Jonathan Ross and Richard Osman on one week, they're far more famous than us. People are going to tune in for them, not us. And you want to make the most of them to get people to come back. So I think we suffered by having our jobs pushed to the side when we brought in Darinelli, and we never really found where we sat in it. So... Uh, if we said something so funny you couldn't pretend we hadn't, it would go in the edit. But other than that, there wasn't there wasn't really the space within the format for us to to breathe in it, I guess. Yeah, but it's sort of weird because that that often happens with like I think uh, do the right thing. They they sort of try to take that to telly and yeah. uh, and they added some bits and things that took away from what makes it work. Which feels a bit like that happened. I mean, I yeah. enjoyed the TV show as well, Thank you very much. but it, but it feels like uh, that they they took away something even if. Some of them was improved. It's like there was yeah. a catchphrase that they decided at the last minute they didn't want to do. Oh, literally, well, literally, as they were coming in. So we we uh, we still do it now at the Wi-Fi Wars, the show that we do with yeah. Rob, where um we get people to before we let them play a game or we do a game, we get them to shout, "Let's do a gaming." Which we got told when we were about to film the TV show, we couldn't do it because it was naff, as if we didn't know it was naff. I yeah. think I think they were worried it was a bit quirky, a bit eggy, but the, the, the way it had evolved through the show was that um, at the first live show, I was always the geeky one and Sam was much cooler. Um, and I just thought it'd be fun to have a catchphrase. That was the best shit thing I could come up with. But over the three years we did it live, that became a thing that we did all shout and it was sort of like how gamers use memes and in-jokes. It was the thing that let us all know that's our silly thing that is ours. So it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be good, it was meant to be a sort of wink that yeah, yeah. one of us um, and then, uh, yeah, they cut it. We got graphics, but they cut it. So then um, we, would, we just brainstormed awful things like let's go clockwise but in the absence of an auto cue saying anything different Dara just started pulling those at his ass and using those so yeah. all these weird I mean it's weird that it happened like in the last half an hour before the show that no one that didn't yeah well, we'd been working on it for three years so it had been a lovely chat to have before <laughs> and about it, but it, it, it yeah it was, it was a very last minute decision but that was the last thing that fell out of the show and, until that was I think the only thing that you would recognise if you went back and watched the original live shows right. just on that very last moment it was just like yeah no it's, it's all gone but it's interesting you say that as well about um, you know those those sort of catchphrases and those things that appeal to gamers because like a lot of things the things that are big in gaming now and the, th- the characters you recognise I think if they'd gone through a committee meeting would Mario have ever existed if he was a sort of he's sort of a, a, a plumber but he jumps on mushrooms he's sometimes and, a plumber yeah. sort of <laughs> yeah. from Italy or not if you tried to put that there or Donkey Kong I mean I think there, you know, there was in the book you talk about the problems with Donkey Kong being compared to King Kong and the legal issues with that. Yes. But there's, the, people just make stupid decisions in games and then you go, I mean, you know, Pac-Man, if you put that through a committee, someone will go, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, game, games, games are fundamentally ridiculous, but I think, I think that the hardest bit about getting, because we, we, hopefully by the time this, you actually, this actually comes out, there'll be another show that we're working on that, that we're very, very close with. But um, uh, the, the hard thing about television is I think in about 10 years' time, the people who are in sort of gatekeeping positions in TV they'll all have had a relationship with games in a fundamental way. And, that, and that's, tr- that's true age and gender in, in all respects. Because yeah. the people that we work with in esports, when they're in their 20s and 30s, they just all 
play games and it's very common, but uh, the process for Go 8-Bit certainly was having to educate people who might be in their 50s who haven't really touched it in 30 years yeah. and convince them games is a thing. The, the, one of the weirdest things about um, the process was, I think there was, there was a general feeling on, on the production side of things sometimes as if, well, of course they'll let us uh, play their games because they'll be glad of the advertising, but video games industry makes more than movies and music and TV combined. They don't give a shit if I make a joke about it on Dave at 10 o'clock <laughs> on, on a Tuesday night. They don't need that profile. So I think there was a misunderstanding about the nature of the relationship that maybe I don't want to say arrogance because that's not fair, but an, an, an ignorance or a naivety about what the games company's relationship with it was going to be and that, and that yeah. made it quite difficult. Yeah. Uh, but you've carried on. So you do Wi-Fi Wars, which sort of comes out of... Yeah, well, for, for, so Wi-Fi Wars, for the, for, there's no reason anybody should know. Um, Rob Sedgbeer, who built your first website about 25 years ago. Yeah, well, Rob ago. was, yeah. So, you know, he was ours first, and we called him the Goblin King of the Internet on uh, Fist of Fun. I call him Rob. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, so he was... I think he just got in touch with us and said, do you want to do a website? You know, he was... Right. We had, like, a... I can't quite remember how it, it started up, but we had a... a a group of fans who went on to BCB, the, some of the corpses were well, not BBC. Yeah, some of the corpses are amusing. Some yeah, of the corpses yeah. are amusing websites. And, and these guys sort of coalesced around us and ended up doing cartoons for us. And Rob ended up doing our website. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. we had a website sort of almost before. Before the internet was a thing. Yeah, I think, almost, yeah. yeah. I, think <laughs> did. I think we invented the internet. I think Fist of Fun invented the internet. That's, that's how Rob describes it, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, in a, but in a way, in all seriousness, in a way he sort of has now. So thank you for not taking advantage of the skills that he did have and let me have them. Because <laughs> what Rob's now, we've actually, on, on Monday, as we're recording this on Monday, we just... Um, He's developed this technology where you don't have to install anything. So on any device, any browser, any operating system, we can beam games and quiz questions to your, to your devices. And uh, he's been working on that for about six years. It started off with Pong with six people, and it can now be everything up to and including a 3D first-person shooter that everybody plays against each other. But what he's managed to do this year is build it on a scale where we can literally do a live global broadcast where everybody watching the live show can compete on the things and win the show. And we can even beam the gameplay back from their phone and show it on the live show so we, we captain morgan god bless him i mean i'm not here to plug rum but uh, diagio who behind captain morgan wanted to do this thing in pubs so we did the first trial this week where we had five different pubs around the country all log in and they're playing as themselves but also for their teams with their mates like a pub quiz team and the pub versus pub but he's yeah. built this thing now where scalable you can just do that with a thousand pubs in 20 different countries and just have everybody everybody playing the thing it's I, I, I'm so lucky he, I met him because yeah. he, he has we, like, we, we've just done our fifth annual lecture at the Royal Institution in Mayfair about his tech and how clever he is they've just asked him to go back and do the Christmas lectures again for the second right. time which no, he's, he's an actual genius and, uh, so, and, but he we used that in Go 8-Bit so when Go 8-Bit was a live show the finale of the show was right the comedians can piss off you're all going to play the final game and, and so play by game upon and you decide who wins and then while what was lovely fun, what really happened was no one on t in TV land understood why Rob was clever or important so we managed to make sure that in all the contracts and the deals for Go 8-Bit no one paid Rob or, or owned any of his IP so me and Rob just went well we'll call that Wi-Fi Wars now and we'll go and make our money doing that which is sort of how it's paid out is that thank so it was a it, whilst Go 8-Bit was a frustrating process, it's a blessing they hadn't got a fucking clue. Because me, me and Rob have now got our cool box of toys to do, to do all this other stuff. That it is amazing. I've, I've, been, you know, I've been down a couple of times. And yeah. I was, was the Christmas, the Christmas, last year's Christmas last one at the RI, yeah, yeah. We, we, Me and my wife were competing. You did? Where he made the most complicated quiz we've ever... What, I can't remember. It was something... Because you like Pointless. You've, had, you've got a relationship with Pointless yes. as a show. Uh, so he made... And with my wife as well. I have a relationship with her. <laughs> of course, in spite the, of Pointless. The double. 
Yeah. Uh, but so it, it did, I think he made it not pointless or he inverted it, but he couldn't, even he didn't quite understand the rules of how, it wasn't that you had to get a pointless answer, it was the opposite of that but not, and it was alphabetical and there were three things and it was on their phones. Yeah, that it, was, you'd, it was terrible. It's no, not it was, a good advert. It was advert 300 people confused. He, tried, he made you your own custom game, but he did such a, what a bad job of it that <laughs> just 300 people I don't know, it's such, it. I mean, it's really good fun being part of an audience playing a game. You know, you sort of also you think, oh, I'll be good at this, and then you work out where your ranking is and you realise you're not very good at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from my, that's my personal experience. But it is, it's, it is, it's an extraordinary thing to get. It's, it's magic. I mean, we, we, we did it at Chichester on Wednesday night and uh, there was one woman who put herself in as embarrassing mum with her son and she kicked his ass at every game. <laughs> really? It's delicious. So she gets her name on the top ten on the scoreboard while her kids know where. And is anybody else working on, in, in, you know, working on that technology elsewhere or is this literally all... Well, they, I mean, there's guys, Jennifer you know, Fox Dog Studios, they, they do the fringe lot. They, they started off doing a similar sort of thing. They tend to do more stuff where they build really complicated computers so you can actually, like, control a thing that makes breakfast was one of their shows, Robot Chef. So they sort of do interactive phone stuff but not in the same way. But really no one else would have bothered to go down this bizarre career cul-de-sac that me and Robert because I just loved video games and then I got lucky that the piss up I did in Edinburgh became jokes about games and playing games and Robert invented this thing that had nowhere to be but I because well we sold the format rights to go 8-bit so I couldn't do it live anymore but me and Robert developed toys so really the, the quirk of me being a video gaming comedian which isn't a job needing a new show which he happened to have invented an interactive thing we could use and nobody else did yeah. no one else would do the six years of development on that because that isn't a thing because of where we are it's, it's that's somehow become what we do yeah it's insane yeah well it's it's, it's, it's great do, do check it out if you get a chance it's, a, it's really uh, good fun and very interesting I hope you be, all become millionaires off it especially Rob if he isn't already, he's probably secretly in a millionaire off the internet somehow, isn't he? He's probably owns... He's screwed it away, he's doing it, yeah. He'll be yeah. in Bitcoin, he'll be all right. Yeah, he's got yeah. a bit of Bitcoin. Right, I'm going to ask some emergency questions. All right. Yeah, these people have been waiting a couple of weeks for this. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, if you... Uh, this is a newish one. All right. Not to the people at home. Um, if you could have uh, all the art galleries and the museums in the world get together and say you're allowed to have one thing and keep it for yourself. It could be a piece of art, it could be an exhibit in a museum, it could be a historical artefact. You're allowed to keep it. Which one thing? I'm allowed to the, take one thing. One thing from all the world's museums and art galleries, you can have one thing that you own. What would you have? I mean, I immediately know what it is, but it won't be funny at all, but I'm going to tell you what it is anyway. Yeah, so no, just in the hopes of... There is a picture by Picasso called Bird on a Tree. It's the okay. shittest picture of a bird you've ever seen. <laughs> but it is beautiful. It's at the Guggenheim in New York, and it is... Uh, I, I don't really like Picasso, but there's a childishness to it, but there's also, uh, there's something about the colour, and there's a depth, I could stare at it for days, and I, and I have done when I've been there, I stayed there for most stared of the time. Stared at it for days? Uh, days, yeah. inner days for oh, days. Okay. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so Bird on a Tree by Picasso, but uh, there's no punch like that. I no, that's really okay. It's, it's I'll an... just have that one, please. Would you sell it on, or would you keep it? It depends how Wi-Fi was, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, I'm going to ask, I'll ask you some of the new questions. From the back These books will be available after the show as well. Yeah, you'll see Richard. Yeah. Um, uh, if you only had a week to live, yeah. who would you tell to go fuck themselves? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, in, in, in my live show, I refer, I refer to the guy who uh, makes some interesting choices and go a bit as Flock Stars because he worked on the uh, the hit ITV One celebrity sheep herding show, Flock Stars. So Flock Stars would be tough at the fucking okay. if I could get anybody. Um, oh, who else should I tell to fuck off? I'll be honest, probably everyone. Just, just I think, yeah. I, well, I bottle a lot up. So actually, I, like my, I mean, my wife's here and I love her very much. But if, I could, if, if consequence free, I could tell her to fuck off. It'd probably feel nice for 10 seconds before I had to deal with the consequence. I love you. Uh, <laughs> 
If you but, left it right to the very end, you'd do you have know to I mean? deal with the And there's no get out. And also, like, she knows I'm dying, so she's sort of got to take it on the chin. Yeah. Whereas if I tell her to fuck off tonight, which I sort of have, I'm going <laughs> yeah. to regret that. You are. So, You're going to wish you were dying in a yeah. week. After I, I could have picked that. anyone. I'd pick my wife, cause, and she's here. <laughs> uh, not... Okay. Okay, I'll go for some classic... The audience, I think the audience deserves some classic emergency questions. Bearing in mind my wife and parents are here. Yeah. Yeah. Familiar, um, familiar with your work. Shouldn't have brought them, is what I'm saying, if you, yeah, knew, no. if you knew what we were getting into. No, I briefed them in the car. Um, if yep. you were going to be put in a human centipede, yep. you're in the middle. I mean, it's sort of the same answer, possibly, to the previous question. Who would you have in front of you and who would you have behind you? I've got, I've got a 20 quid bet with Sam Pamphlet and I'll say your kids. <laughs> Just because at some point, you've got to deal with the consequences of the shit that you're throwing around on this stage. <laughs> nasty. You're a nasty You man. can pick which one's front and which one's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not so nice, is it? It's like Sophie's yeah. Choice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make a film of it. Uh, <laughs> have you ever seen a ghost? Well, I don't believe in ghosts... But this could get you on the front page of the Daily Star if you have done. That's I don't have Barry levels of fame. I'm realistic about where I am on the career level. <laughs> uh, but I, I, um, I lived in a... I don't believe in ghosts, but I, li I did live in a house... Uh, it was on the High Street in Henley-on-Thames when I, I was doing work experience in 1999 when I was, I was doing a management degree and I was working for some IT company. And um, everybody that came to the house was terrified. It was a tiny little house, like one up, one down, like tiny little, tiny little place. And they sort of got a lean-to built on the back that was a kitchen downstairs and a bathroom and the thing. And no one liked... You always kept the door shut downstairs in the lounge and upstairs in the bedroom and no one liked the sort of back stairs. And everybody that was in the house felt uncomfortable in it. And uh, one night, it was, it, was during, it was during Christmas and I woke up. It was the, the, I mean, the details mean nothing uh, because it, it's sort of irrelevant, but it was the one night we, we'd slept with our heads at the bottom of the bed. I think we'd been watching a movie on a laptop or, so, or a computer or something. So we changed the way around we were sleeping. But I woke up in the middle of the night and I, opened my, I woke up and I saw... A woman and a child stood by the bed looking at me, holding hands. What was really weird about it was in that moment, it was, it was the only time the house wasn't scary to be in. It didn't feel scary, which was strange. And obviously this is bullshit, but <laughs> this is what happened and this is my recollection. And then I, but to the point that I, I, you know, I sort of rubbed my eyes and sort of, that's inside, and kept, and for some time was present looking at that to the point that I was comfortable that, this is a thing. This uh, is my life now. I guess I do this. I guess I just look at ghosts now. Uh, but then, so, you know, for about, for maybe about five, ten minutes, just was present with that. But it was very, it was very calming. And then eventually I just decided I would try to go back to so just shut my eyes and eventually sort of went back to sleep. But, it was, you know, there's a few, shut your eyes and just check. Yeah. It hadn't gone, turned into a horrible demon or anything, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so, yes, but clearly that's insane. And I didn't see a ghost because ghosts aren't real. But I've as much as is possible, experience looking at ghosts for ages, okay. as I think you can, given ghosts aren't a thing. <laughs> or else that's a ridiculous answer, but yeah. yeah. But they're not real, are they? No, you were asleep, mate. Yeah, no, I think uh, so. so yeah. It was a dream. I agree. I agree. It was a dream. <laughs> nice dream, though, eh? Have it's, you ever seen... It's a, a cool story to tell. Have you ever seen a ghost in a video game? And I'm, I'm not sure I think of her like a really funny thing where there's a weird glitch in the game or something shows, but I can't think of anything. But yes, I'm sure I've seen a ghost. Pac-Man, this, this, I mean that. Oh, piss. I'm going to be good at this. <laughs> um, all right. If you could have a finger that could travel through time. Yes. 
Why, what would you do with that finger? And it's got to be, you could play any video game from anywhere with a finger. I can, do that. I, can, I can do that without... Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't need the portal to play games. Um, so so I, I've only heard this one a couple of times when it's been in the pod. How much can I see through the little hole that I get to put my you finger You can see, through? like, it makes a hole. You can look through how it. You big can it look through. Give me, give me no, an idea. I mean, you know, it depends how big your finger is. Your finger would go through there, and then, yeah. look, you can look through that, can't you? But, like, can you, like, can I get a, can I, like, tuck a second little one in there and just sort of stretch it a bit and have a peek? No, look, it's, that's, uh, that's, against, that's against the laws of uh, so it's just one, travel it's quite dynamics. Tight, so it, just one can go in. You can't start... Because if you can stretch it, then you can get your head in. Yeah, that's true. Where does that end? That would be madness. Yeah. And okay. then you can crawl through, like Eugene Toombs. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm surprised that got a... Re- that yeah. reference got a lot. That's a very specific audience. <laughs> oh, the first season of The X-Files, Richard. Yes, I, re- I remember that. Can it go forward in time or does it just go back? Yeah, go forward in time. It could even go, just stay in the present if you want, but that's a waste. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it could be in other places though. Yeah, I suppose. If there's a thing right now I want to touch that isn't here, I've got to use the hole. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what, I, what I think, I like, when I finally add enough, which I surely will, and it won't be long, I think what I'd like to do is reach, I'd like to press the button that makes all the bombs go crazy. Right, okay. So if you could get, like, the big red button, wherever that is, I mean, there isn't one, is there? Maybe, in Russia there might be. No, there's one button that will make all the bombs go off. Okay. That would be stupid thing Okay, well, I'd I'd, I'd like to put my finger through and and tick the box that says, yes, please make the big red button that (laughs) blows all the bombs, (laughs) and I'll have a second bang at it, and then, yeah, make it all go. You'd like to destroy the world. I'd like to destroy everything. (laughs) That can be your legacy. Yeah. Well, no one will know, but... Well... The mutant survivors. Okay. Cockroaches and... You could then go through and just shout through, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. <laughs> good, yeah, right. good. That, that I, says I will a lot kill everyone that. and everything on earth, Richard, with my finger. <laughs> you must do. Um, you got married at Bletchley Park. I did. How did you know that? I know everything about you. I don't really talk about my actual... Oh, we're friends on Facebook. All right. Yeah. No, I think, no? You, I think you mentioned it in your show. Did I? I didn't mean to. What? Well, I filmed okay. that. <laughs> yes, I got married at Bletchley Park. Was that, was that your choice? It was I mean, both my choice, yeah. If you don't want to. It, no, 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 it's fine. No, it's fine. Yeah. Is that all right? She's not answering. She's man- either gone, maybe. Are you there? Thank you. Okay. I can talk about my marriage. Uh, do, yes, do you ever I- worry your wife's a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we got married in Bletchley Park in 2000. You can't get married there now. We're no. Very, no, we're very, very lucky. Um, and when we got married there, it was actually... It, it was in the main house. Yeah. Uh, but you had the, in, the entire run of the place. So we got married in the library, which is beautiful. And then um, we had our reception in the ballroom at the back. But the best bit was actually... They, it's not there anymore. It's turned into like cupboard or offices or something. But the original Naffy bar from, like the, from World War II right. was still there as it had been in the 40s. So all of the, like the bar was actually the proper 1940s Naffy bar that all the guys at Bletchley Park had in it. Wow. It was beautiful. So you get incredible. to go on the Enigma machines when you were... I mean, they've got them, but, you know, yeah. I, was, I mean, I was drunk. But <laughs> could send messages to each other. We could just check, uh, text her. Oh, that's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that. <laughs> didn't think of that. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, oh, and you've got to tell the story about the, uh, you know, like, playing... Was it in the, in the blurb for your DVD or book, it says that this happened at your honeymoon, but I think in the book you say it was just when you're on holiday. But you became... You were playing video games in bed on holiday. I spent all night playing Mega Mall Story on my smartphone uh, while I was uh, on honeymoon with on honeymoon with my wife. Yeah. To the extent, and we were in where were we? We were in Italy, 
Uh, and so I played... It's, it's a bad that you know the name of the game immediately, but not where you went on honeymoon immediately. That, that is a bad... If, if anything could uh, describe me in a nutshell, it would be what I just said. <laughs> now, I don't know where in Italy we were, but I was playing yeah. this game that I loved, uh, yeah. and I played it all night uh, laying, in, laying in bed on my honeymoon, uh, and woke up the next morning and had uh, done, uh, strained my eye, so I could only focus in one eye, so I had to go to um, uh, the doctor and say... Uh, hello, I mean, I didn't, couldn't really speak Italian, but sort of, hello, I am, you know, I'm on my honeymoon, I, 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 I'm, I've strained my I can't do things. Then explaining what, because he needs to know, well, how is that, what's happened yeah. on your honeymoon to make your eyes go... I was like seeing that, my wife naked eyed. for the first time. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I was playing a video game, like yeah. a prick. Uh, and, uh, so, and so they had to give me an eye, uh, give me an eye patch to sort of rest my eye. And then, um, <laughs> so, so the, the, the locals then took, took to uh, calling me, uh, what was it, El Parata Polida, I think. She's the pale pirate in Italian. <laughs> so so my, my wife's honeymoon was with the, the pale pirate yeah. in, in Italy for a week. Thank you Exciting. for bringing that up. That's nice. Yeah. Do you think you should not have played video games on your honeymoon? It's a really good game, Richard. Okay, fair enough. Mega Mall 3, you can get it on the Switch now. It's really good. Has anyone played it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. And is it also true, again, I think you talk about this in the, in the DVD or the download, of um, when you were going on TV, they tried to make you have plastic surgery? Cosmetic surgery. Cosmetic surgery. Not plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery. surgery. Yeah, they, they wanted me to cut my, um, uh, the sty. I've got a sty on my eye. Yeah, that's, that's you, they can't take that out. That's, it's the very essence that's, of me. That's, it's you, a, that's your gimmick. It's a lump on my eye. I know, well, it's a, it, I, um, the, the, it, it was really, really awkward because like, the, the, big, the big thing for me do, doing the, actually getting to do the show was that I, I know what I look like I don't look like I should be on telly I'm not, I'm not traditionally attractive but I, I am a gamer I am a nerd and it, it was important for me that actually if, um, if, if I'm going to get to represent gaming and put gaming on TV it's not been on since Games Master or Games Master and things then it should be alright that somebody looks normal and yeah, yeah. I'm Jamila Jamil for Chubby Nerds is effectively it. I'm a yeah. very, I'm, 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 you're welcome. Uh, well, like, A, it's a video game, so that shouldn't be an issue. But also, it shouldn't be an issue anyway. It's kind of crazy the world has come like this. If you go and look, I mean, A, fucking is nothing in any case. But, you can't, most but people B, have, yeah. <laughs> B, if you look at 1970s television, like, that we have... But I don't think 1970s television and people on 1970s TV should be at bar for what is acceptable. Well, no, no, but that's a, normal people on TV, it's the fact... Sure. It's... You know, so if you looked at Open University or something, it was like it'd be the equivalent of Bedlam now. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like going to a freak show now yeah. of just really weird academic-looking people. Who that's what academics look like. Yeah. Some of them, uh, and that's what people look like. And it's crazy that it's. Well, it's, it's why it's shows like Gogglebox and things like that do so well when they come out. I think a lot of people get very sneery about things like Gogglebox because oh, it's just it's sort of a, a car crash TV or it's sneering at other people. But actually, it's you go well. No, they just like they seem like people that I know. Yeah, and, that, and there's a, there's a companion. Thing that whereas so everything's sort of airbrushed and sanitized. It's it. crazy we got to the point where you think if someone's on TV, they have to look that, that homogenized, attractive way. Yeah, you're a very beautiful man. I'm surprised you have a wife, but you are a beautiful. Man. Thank you very much. You are also very attractive. I if am. That's what you need this to be. Yeah. Okay. That's what I, that's what I was <laughs> hoping for. Yeah, no worries. Good. Well, uh, look, I'll ask you some more emergency questions. We're going to okay. go. We're going to go in deep and find out what we find in the middle of this book. All right. Um, this is, for, this is uh, for kids. What do you think the tooth fairy is doing with all those teeth? Oh, shit. Is it like, um, is it like trading? Can they, are they like different tiers? Like, can you short teeth? Can you, can, can you bet on the tooth market? Maybe. Like... 
Have you, you've got a daughter, but she's probably not lost any Four, teeth yet. Four, she's not yet. lost any teeth yet, no. Because we're having a conversation with some friends who've got a, a kid slightly older than ours. How old's your older one? For coming up to five. So, so, oh, so you have no teeth. No so teeth yet, but he's a year older. You have to, have you had the discussion about how much you're going to give from the tooth fairy for the teeth? How much do you think? What, how, if I, what, so how much do you think the tooth fairy should give your child for a tooth? I think anything more than a quid is obscene, surely. Yeah, but it? they said two, a two pound. That was London price. They live in London. I'll give you two. If you, if you go in notes, it's got out of control. Surely. Someone, they were talking about people giving notes. They're saying that people give notes. Surely five of them. No Someone gave ten. 50 quid per tooth. 50 quid a tooth? That's like a grand for your, all the teeth. Is this one of the famous people you've had on this? No, group? no. It's, it's, this was some regular people who work in show business, but not. 50 quid? Like, yeah. For eight, one, how many teeth a kid got? 20 kids, so there's 20 teeth. 20 so kids and 20 teeth. 20 kids. <laughs> Shit. 40,000 pounds, I think. Christ. Yeah. 50, who would give, who's given, it's... let's find out who's given the most in Northampton for their kids. Who's given more than two pounds for a tooth for their child? Yeah. Who's given, is any, what, what's the, it's only you, how much is the most you've given? Man who cheered, what's the most you've given for a tooth? 250. Oh, that's, <laughs> what, so two, oh. that's very good. Oh. Do you give it in a two pounds and a 50p or two? Is there loads of change in the two peeps? <laughs> Wake up. Ah! Lose another two. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I would have given, a, I'd say a pound. I think a pound's 50p, 50p or a I pound. I could go two for the coin, but I think the biggest coin, that's plenty. Yeah. And I'd like to apologise to you that this, this got so bad as an interview that you went with a tooth auction. I'm genuinely very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So it's an interesting. It's an interesting. Conundrum. It is, and I will. I will buy that book. Good, you should do. Okay. Have you ever grown cress? <laughs> have I? E yeah, everyone's grown cress. Yeah, no one. Have a little egg. You draw a face on it. You put cotton wool in it, and you wait. Right? Yeah. Who hasn't grown cress? I don't know. Some okay. People, some people have not been um, that lucky. These are questions for kids. All of these, but I'm oh, not going to ask. Oh, it's a kids' book. Yeah. Well, this bit. This section is all for kids. Okay. Uh, they'll go. Uh, this is off. Uh, I'll get off the kids' questions. All right. Um, okay, it's another que crest-based question. Cr another crest-based yeah. question. <laughs> Which is superior crest, land or water, in your opinion? I didn't know there were two. You've yeah, well, water crest. What's land? Is land crest the egg cup? Land crest is the crest you've grown. Okay. But if What's, you... Uh, water crest is the stuff in the posh salad bags. Yeah. The and also stuff. in the water. And, yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> Before it's in the bags, yeah. it comes from a place. They grow it in a river. All right. I mean, I haven't eaten. I don't think I've eaten the egg cup crest since I was little. Okay. Do you can you do you get that anywhere? It's all water crest now, is it? No, you can get both. Where'd you get the little one from? Do you just grow that yourself? You can get you can get crest is readily available in all stores. Okay. What would you say is your favourite cruciferous vegetable? It's like the lumpy ones. I'm not very cruciferous includes cress, broccoli. Oh, bro yeah, broccoli. Okay, broccoli every time. Good because I couldn't think of any others. Cauliflower. <laughs> cauliflower. Yeah, probably cauliflower. Right. Right, any cruciferous. Uh, Experts in? No. It must be something to do with crucifixes, mustn't it? I sincerely doubt it. I guess. It must be cruciferous. It cruciferous, must come from the same thing as crucifix. Let's get Richard Coles back on. Ask yeah, him about no, that. Please. What's your, who's your favourite person who's been crucified, would you say, out of all the people who've been crucified? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder why he didn't get the book while he was here. Who do you think the best one was out of all the people who've been crucified in history? If I had to pick. Yeah. Uh... It's probably Jesus, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think Jesus is a good If I one. had to pick one, yeah. it's probably... If you could stop Jesus being crucified... Yeah, with... I can't remember if we had this conversation or if this is a question, but um, if you could... I see, uh, people always talk about going back in the past and killing baby Hitler, 
no one goes, why don't we go back in past and save grown up Jesus from being crucified? No, but then we wouldn't have all been saved and sinned. We, I know. We, we have to kill Jesus. Jesus would be cross because if we go, no, I have to do this. And you go, no, Jesus, you're brilliant. I love you. Christianity probably wouldn't exist. The world would be a much worse place. So what you're saying is it's good Jesus got crucified. I'm delighted. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he did it for us. Yeah. But he'd be annoyed, wouldn't he? Well, if he's real, he'd be annoyed. If he's not but he real... he wouldn't, because he, he, was, he was all right with it, wasn't he? No, well, he going, why have you forsaken me? Oh, yeah, no, he did. He was really pissed off about he's it. Livid. Oh, Father, why, why the fuck are we... What? We didn't agree on this. I'd never have come down if I knew this was part of the deal. That's what, it's not in the Bible. Maybe some of the arguments in religion aren't completely bulletproof. Yeah. It's a good job he's gone. <laughs> he's waiting at the back. Oh, shit. He'll cut him. Okay. Right. We're, we're gonna have, it's, it's all flown by so quickly today. I'm going to have to... I'll ask you this question. All right. Question 899. Yeah. When, to be fair, it was getting quite hard to come up with any more questions by this stage of writing the book. Would you rather suck off a troll or be bummed by a leprechaun? <laughs> it's a very good question. I'm allowed follow-ups, though. You are? What, of questions? <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I, well, I need to put a picture. So, how big's this troll? Well, you know, you have to decide that. That's not for me to say. I would say well, a leprechaun is small. In Frozen, aren't those little stone things trolls? They're not very big. Like, but are, but like are... in Troll Hunter, they're... Massive. There are big trolls, there are little trolls. I would imagine a troll has a gnarly, possibly barbed penis. Yeah, but if the barb was big enough, I wouldn't necessarily be getting that anywhere in my mouth, would I? It, no. like, if, it's, if it's like an eight-foot dick, a barb three foot down, it's not going to cause yeah, any problems. I don't think it's an eight-foot dick. I think, okay. like, gorillas... Well, it depends how big the troll is. Well, That's... gorillas are big, but they have very small penises. So it could be that, it could be that system. But gorillas aren't trolls, of course, famously. No, but they're big. Okay. You're saying because something's big, it's got a big penis. That is not true. I'm very small and I have a very big small penis. Small penis, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. So, all right, well, I'll take, I'll take, I'll, well, I'll take an eight-foot troll with a two-foot dick, uh, which might have a barb on it. Uh, yeah. And what, so leprechaun, leprechauns. Leprechauns. Is, they're tiny little leprechauns. They're, like, they're about that, aren't they? They're about yeah, they're four. very little. Their dicks are definitely small. Who's cleaner, though? That's, that's really what this is about, isn't it? Doesn't matter if it's going up your bum, does it? Oh, hang on. So, sorry, I'm suck so the troll's going in the mouth. You're sucking off the troll or right. you're being bummed by a leprechaun. Oh, I'll set the bum. I wouldn't even fucking yeah. spot it. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I, I wasn't paying attention. No, I'll take attention. the leprechaun in the arse, please, Richard. Thank you. Um, 900. Yeah. yeah. I'm gone. No, I've gone back. I've, I've gone, gone back right. in time. I've gone back to yeah. um Have you ever been in the proximity of one of your heroes and been too shy to say anything to them? Ooh. Um Who are your heroes? Present company accepted. Sure. Uh I I I Dara O'Brien's Go 8-Bit wasn't the first Dara O'Brien show I did. Right. So, so the, first, the, the first time I worked with Dara was he, he had another show on Dave called uh, School of Hard Sums. Yes. Um, and I went to some sort of rap... Because I was, I was in one of the episodes, just like a little actor doing a little bit in one of the things. I went to the rap party and he was there and I was too scared to speak to him then. Oh. So Dara O'Brien, I was too scared to talk wow. to him. Wow. I know. 
Imagine if you. And now he won't talk to me. <laughs> Imagine if you not ever got over that and you just had to sat there going. Yeah, <laughs> would have made. Yeah, made the TV. Well, show. in the edit, sometimes it does look like that. <laughs> so, what's coming up that you can tell us about? Uh, well, we're gonna hope we're gonna do this thing where you can go to a pub and then you can all join in and play on the Wi-Fi Wars thing. Yeah. Uh, my solo show comes out on DVD. Well, it'll be out on DVD by the time you get this, and the book is out. Mass paperback one comes out next April. Uh, I am 99% confident we've got a new TV show, uh, 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 a new video gaming thing with comedians, more contemporary games rather than retro stuff. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I'm dicking around, play video games on all, on all the forms of media that they'll let me, and just doing it in my house when I'm not busy. So Twitch, you can see yes. you on Twitch. You do that every night because Limmy does it every night, doesn't he? Well, he's he's proper though, isn't he? He's, yeah. yeah. He's Limmy's a mate. Limmy's got Limmy's gone full into it. So Limmy does maybe like six, eight hours a day, and he'll he'll just drive a truck for eight hours in the middle of the night, and everybody will watch it. And he, he's amazing. The, be, the best thing Limmy does actually is um, he does like improvised stories and things. So he actually yeah. he actually does evolve and improvise comedy live on Twitch, and it's and he's he's even vision mixing with um, he's got like a stream deck so he can change camera angles and stuff. It's it's it is as the equal of if not better than the, everything else he's done limited amazing I literally just go I'll probably play Mario Kart for a bit okay <laughs> in my ass, so I, I can't I can't, I can't I, you know, do I, I have to pay, do you have to pay to watch any of it or can you watch it for free no it's all free you can you can uh, subscribe if you want to or you okay. can donate money as one off things if you want to but you no, donate money free. and if I do, if you donate money can I make you do things because I've seen sites like that that would depend how much uh, I've drunk <laughs> when I'm doing it yeah but, but certainly it's happened yeah, yeah. yeah. okay Try me. I'll try and see what happens. Will you play a video game with your cock out? How much do I have to pay for that? Well, that breaches T's and C's, so you'll have to slide into my DMs for that one. Okay. I'm not saying it can't happen, but it won't happen on Twitch. Good. Well, the future is an amazing place. (laughs) Isn't it? Well, I can watch a man play. I mean, to be fair, I spent a lot of my youth just watching someone play video games, just behind behind their shoulder or whatever, as they were playing. You you watch your sibling do it or whatever. Yeah. 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 So it's just the same as that, right? So it's normal. It's definitely not normal. It is weird, okay. but okay. it's it's nice. It's, if 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 you if you've ever if you've never done the Twitch thing and you're wondering what it is and it sounds really weird, think of it more as talk radio. So it, it is like people don't really watch it. A lot of people, it's just sort of on in the background. So people are typing little messages to me and I have a little chat with them. So it's, it's more like having talk radio on in the background. So it isn't weird. It's just a bit of company when you do the dishes. That's okay. all it is. But I'm being shit at games while while we while we chat. Okay. It's not just, weird. I'll never understand the future. I'm just the generation where someone makes a podcast and puts it out and that is normal. That is sure. the normal thing. You're old-fashioned in the I way. I am very old-fashioned. Yeah. Uh, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Do buy the book. It's just called Hey Listen, mm-hmm. History of Videos... Games. That would be... That would be the, <laughs> I didn't write the games down, so That's then right. I was thinking, you know, it's got to be video games. It must be video The History games. of Video is a different book. <laughs> Um, and it's really fantastic. I've listened to it on audio on audiobook because I listen to all my books because I'm, I'm too tired to read. Um, too, I'm too tired to finish this. That's off. all right. Uh, You've ladies, done the hour. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Mass Radboard, Steve McNeil! Thank you very much. I'll see you in the bar. Good to You have been listening to Rahala Stapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Steve McNeil. Thank you to Pest for providing this music for this beautiful titles. Uh, thank you to everyone at the Deco Northampton. Thank you to everyone at Go Faster Stripe and Sky Potato, everyone who filmed this show. I'm indebted to my producer, George Lingford. Uh, thank you very much for coming along and recording this one for us. I'm indebted to my series producer, Ben Walker, and my executive producer to this work, 
this week is called Ian Pouncey. He was a great executive producer, and Pouncey is such a funny name. We didn't even give him a nickname. We just called him Pouncey with a, just a slight, just a slight nod every time, a little wink every time we use that surname because it's a ridiculous surname, and he's called Ian as well. So we had, literally he had everything. We didn't need to change it at all. Uh, this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and Go Faster Stripe.com production. Watch us do more stuff at twitch.tv slash rkherring. Subscribe if you want. Show, throw us some bits if you want. Tell your friends if you want. Every Wednesday, 8 o'clock, for live Rahalastapas during the lockdown to get us through this difficult time. I love you all. Take care of yourself and each other. Goodbye.